All right, so bonus round. Let's talk about the post-apocalypse. Let's talk about something has happened, whether it was a nuke that got set off or the zombie virus spread like crazy or whatever has happened to end the world in a not particularly good fashion. Let's talk about those kinds of games. First of all, why do you like that theme, that type of universe so much? That's a good question. Um, and I'm not, I'm not sure. It's always been something I've been drawn to, and I don't know... If it has, like, I grew up living in, like, a very, very small town, super rural in the country. So, like, I just tended to spend a lot of time by myself. So, like, maybe that, you know, feeling of, you know, not having people around is something that is, even though it's depressing in, in post-apocalypse films, is also, like, a little bit of a relief. Because I don't do well in, like, big cities. Like, and I don't love having a ton of people around me. Um, I've always loved zombies specifically just because of a lot of the metaphors and the fact that, like, they're scary to me in a very realistic way in a way that no other monster is. Like, and you can you can kill, typically, a monster and then it's done. Like, there's, you're never going to kill all the zombies. Like, yeah. they're, they're just going to keep attacking you till... And they're done. And it's such a horrifying metaphor for death and the human experience that I think I think it's beautiful in 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 depressing in the same stroke. Yeah. Now were you a big Romero fan growing up? Oh absolutely. Um I I started watching them at an age that was probably a little bit too young. (laughs) And then kind of got to them and the the Fulci horror films, um, you know, some of the Italian stuff. I mean, I I love I love pretty much anything zombie I could get my hands on, and I think like when we were doing Dead of Winter, we talked a lot about the theme and talked about retheming it. And you know, I'm glad we decided that it wouldn't be honest to the game to do that. But I also feel like my biggest when people say that there's a saturation in the market of that theme or any theme, my defense is like zombie movies. There, there's way too many zombie movies coming out, but if you just stop watching them, you won't ever see the good ones. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good. And I feel like board games are the same way. Like if I just discount a game because of its theme, and I'm going to miss out on some fantastic games. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. And so when you're really sitting down to create this post-apocalypse kind of world, do you start with some world building? Like, do you start writing up lore, like backstory, almost like old school D&D as the dungeon master kind of coming up with this world that you're going to have a setting in? Do you do that or how do you start that process? Um, it, can, it can kind of go either way. With, uh, with Dead of Winter, I had, I didn't really write up a lot of world, but I knew that I wanted, I had a very specific art style in mind like i wanted i wanted some black and white art with like splashes of red mm-hmm. it's like i loved 30 days a night and i was like i think that would be super awesome looking in a zombie game. and then since you're going that route it made sense to set it in winter and the name the name dead of winter is a fantastic name for a zombie thing yep. so that kind of built out the idea of this like small town where all this stuff's happening and then we just kind of started to build out the characters and everything kind of came around it. So I don't, I don't write like a huge description of the world, but I always start, try to keep it in mind. Excuse me, keep it in mind. 
Yeah. Now with working with Plaid Hat, and they kind of threw the whole Raxon, you know, pharmaceuticals, and they, they kind of tied into some of their other games. Is that your idea, or is that somebody on their team's idea? No, that was totally their idea, and and I loved it. Like, I really like it when a publisher builds that world around it. Mm-hmm. You know, Panasaurus has done the same thing with, uh, you know, Wasteland Express. Like, there's this surprising amount of backstory that people don't entirely know yet that's kind of hidden throughout the game that's there if you kind of look for it. Yeah, now where did the idea for, for Wasteland Express delivery service come from? Uh, you, you talked about in our regular show that it was you were already working on that before Mad Max came out, so it's not like you left the theater and thought, I'm going to make a Mad Max game. And so like, where did that idea really come from, and, and how did you really pull that whole post-apocalyptic world together in that one? So uh, it kind of was a dual-pronged thing. At one point, I had written it out, but Wasteland Truckers. <laughs> and I played... Um, Jason Trotarski's game, uh, Great Heartland Holland Company. Yep. And I was like, oh man, like, I really want a post-apocalyptic pickup and deliver game. I, just, I think that would feel super different. Um, but I kind of worked on the design and shelved it and didn't ever look at it again. And then Matt and Ben live about two hours away from me. So I was talking to them. They had just done Ages and Empire, which I did some play testing for them. And Dead Winter was coming out but hadn't come out yet i was like hey i'd really like to work with you guys at some point so um, we were having discussions and they sent me a game that they were working on called uh space vikings and it was this horrible theme of like vikings in space (laughs) delivering goods and i started looking at it and going over what they had and i just sent me an email back and i was like this is a post-apocalyptic like, this needs to be a post-apocalyptic trucking game. It's got the core of it there. Like you guys are just missing that. So like I took the next day off from work, called in sick because I was a horrible employee, <laughs> and uh, spent the day like retheming the game and sent it back to them. And I was like, here, just play this. It's almost essentially your exact same game with a different theme. And tell me what you think. And like I made a few little knob changes to things. To kind of, you know, bring the theme out in a couple different ways. And they played it, and they're like, oh, you're right, we missed it. I don't know how, but this is a post-apocalyptic game. Because that's kind of where it came from. Yeah, that's really cool. And so let's talk a little bit more about this experience. So, you know, movies do it one way, books do it another, where you're creating this experience of this kind of end of days, the world has fallen, something has happened kind of scenario. How do you really bring that to life in a game? What have you found in your experience that really just kind of creates that experience for your players? So I think one of the ways that you do it in a game about a post-apocalypse is there needs to be, like, empty spots in the world. You know, the world that we live in is, like, constantly full. Like, even though I live in a small town, like, the the three-block walk from my office to my home is just filled with stuff. And in Wasteland Express, like, you're traveling from one area to another – but in between, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. There's nothing besides raiders, and they're just awful. So having those empty spots, or like in, instead of winter, you have the locations, but those locations are it. There's nothing else besides those locations in the colony. So you just constantly feel like, well, there's this world, and I can't really explore it because it's all like, it's just there. That's it. 
And I think emptiness is the way to do it. Yeah, definitely. That's a great point. Now, what advice would you give somebody who's working on a post-apocalyptic game right now? What would you tell them to try to really help them down that path? And I think, you know, immerse yourself in the genre. You know, read uh, The Road because it's the most depressing book ever, but it's one of the best. <laughs> yeah. And that was The Road was a huge inspiration for Dead of Winter. Learn the tricks that, with anything you do, look at the tricks that other people do to, you know, I hate to say, manipulate. But that's that's really what it is. Like any media, like books or movies or TV shows, are trying to figure out how to emotionally manipulate you into feeling something. And board games can do the same thing. We do it in Dead of Winter by, you know, making you lose characters a lot. And that's something that I learned from like reading a Game of Thrones, and I think is genius that. George R. R. Martin does it is like in spoiler alert, like in, at the end of the very first book, like they murder the character that you think is the central character of the series. Mm-hmm. And that is an emotional punch that immediately sets your expectations to like, I need to become attached to the remaining characters for every second that they're here. Because just like real life, they could die at any time. And like that's an emotional trick that you can do or a psychological trick that you can do to get somebody's emotions prepared for loss. Like in Dead of Winter, you could lose a character on the very first move of the game because you didn't spend a fuel and you rolled a two. <laughs> and that sets the tone. So if you you know, if you figure out ways to set the tone and trick the players into feeling that. That's the best way to do it. Yeah, that's awesome. Any other closing thoughts or ideas for the post-apocalyptic theme? Um, well, I don't want to give away all my tricks. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I hope to see more. Like, I think you know, it is it is one of my favorite genres. As much as I like happy stuff and bright colored stuff, like Dead of Winter, uh, I love uh, post-apocalyptic stuff too. I would say if you're going to do a post-apocalyptic game. And the thing that I do whenever I start any game is I make a list of the obvious decisions or the obvious choices and the interesting choices. And then I cross everything in the obvious choices off. Hmm. And that's a good thing to do whenever you're working on a design. Yeah. That make, can you go a little bit deeper into that? Like give me a couple examples <laughs> of what you mean. Like that, that's a great, great advice. Tell me a little bit more. Sure. Um, like with, with, uh, there's a really good uh, video um, by somebody called Zay Frank who used to do a thing called The Show. And if you if you just uh, look on YouTube for unsticking techniques, uh, he's kind of the person I got this from. And he, he goes into it much better than I will. But if you're making something that other people are making, like board games, if you just create a thing making the obvious decisions, it's going to be just like everything else. But if you eliminate those obvious decisions and be like, oh, well, what if, you know, this game about farming in space wasn't a worker placement game, it was a deck building game. Oh, well, that's something different. That's not a game that everybody else is making. Um, so like, I, I always try to eliminate those obvious decisions whenever possible. But sometimes you have to make them. But then with like Dinosaur Island, we're like, okay, at, at its core, we want there to be worker placement in this game 
But how can we make it different? Oh, well, what if every phase of the game was like a different mini game? And like, there's just a small worker placement phase. And what if there were two different worker placement phases that were completely different from each other? Oh, well, that feels pretty different. So, you know, we eliminated that obvious choice of just making one Agricola-esque worker placement game that was a continuous cycle and made it something different. Yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense, man. I think that's really, really great advice. Well, John, man, really appreciate your time. Really, man, thanks for coming on the show and good luck with everything you got going on. Thank you very much. I'd be happy to come back anytime. Oh, that'd be great.